0: Kinda made me wish that Jim Crandall was still on Fox 4 because this would easily be candidate for Crybaby of the Week. uh, Mitch (laughs) Taylor.
1: Can we please bring Crybaby of the Week out?
2: Welcome, Sacramento Soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host Luis, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about our amazing win 3-1 against San Antonio FC last Saturday. In quite a hectic game especially there in the last uh, 10 minutes or so but we're really excited to talk about it because we mentioned before this was a key game we had to get the three points literally unless you know if we didn't get the three points San Antonio would have been right there so close to us but now we can say hey all right we got some more cushion room between them also we're gonna be talking about USLW, USL League 1, League 2 as well as a special announcement that we've been waiting for for months already now and that is uh, Kevin Eagles officially the owner of Huddersfield Town which makes us really happy because in these worlds of negotiations and closing deals and all that you just never know what can happen with leagues and and whatnot but we're really happy that that's the case and we have a lot of exciting plans when it comes to Huddersfield Town coverage next season so let's go ahead and introduce Our two awesome co-hosts here, Sharon and Jared. First, let's go over to you, Sharon. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm really good, yeah. So what a shit show of a a match uh, last weekend, not on our part, but on the other team and floating. Um, But whatever, hey, Huddersfield Town AFC, that was such bright news for all of us. And I can't wait, you know, if we can possibly get uh, Andy takes that, that chance. Podcast host to come along and maybe we can talk with him in a couple weeks. We'll see we're uh we're thinking about how to scheme getting a, a little chatter going uh, across the pond with a uh our sister podcast or brother podcast. I don't know i'm I'm female so I'm calling it sister. anyhow I'm good, all is good, all is right with the world. Jared, how are you? Happy start of electrolyte
0: season everybody. It's a balmy one twelve here in Phoenix. Looking to get worse this weekend, up to 114, but always happy to be on the podcast talking about the most chill team in the USL, and also very happy that uh, Kevin Engel has finally been able to complete the takeover as far as ownership goes for Huntersfield Town, and hopefully I'll actually be able to, to chat this time with as he takes the chance this time around. So, Can't wait to get out into this match, and then also we've got our match against RGV that we have to look into as well, as as well as the Storm, Stockton Cargo, Academica. Let's get into it.
2: Well, Jared, well, (laughs) I truly did miss the authentic uh, Phoenix weather, and I'm kind of happy about that, though. (laughs) But I'd have to say, though, that we are going to be getting 100-degree weather here, and uh, speaking of that, It's supposed to be about 105 on Saturday, which is such a bummer, but we know it's long overdue. It's already supposed to be that way. So, yeah.
3: 105.
2: (laughs) Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Hey. So I have a theory on that. And Luis, we'll get back to you, you know, for seeing how you are and all that other stuff. The theory is my freaking brother who lives in San Antonio, Texas, took off last week from San Antonio with his wife driving through the South and making his way up to California. Well, everywhere the dude is going, I think he's somewhere in Arizona right now. Yeah. So he's bringing that freaking heat from Texas. You know, they were at 110, 112, 120. Who knows? You know, record breaking heat down there in Texas. He's bringing that with him as he moves his car at just follow his car. And that is where the heat bubble is going. So dang it. I'm going to the minute he hits you know, the Elk Grove, Sacramento region, I'm, I'm going to say, can you just go back to Texas and take this freaking heat with you? But he's going to be here for a few days, so hopefully the heat will break quickly. But the hottest day is the day he's going to go to the match. Um, He and his wife are going to attend the match with me on Saturday, and they better not flake. It's like, you're used to the heat, guy. You're going to the match.
2: <laughs> well, now I know why it's going to be 105 on Saturday, then. Thanks for the explanation. <laughs> Yeah, blame my brother. Yeah, there you have it. Yeah, of course, no excuse because it is much more hotter over there in Texas, and let alone in Phoenix too. But, uh, but yeah, Jared, a lot of us are already starting to complain, and uh, rightfully so because we haven't really gone through that weather here, and we were just hoping it never happened. But it's going to be a a late summer, everyone. So get ready; you're going to have a hundred degree weather in October, maybe going into November, possibly too. But I'm doing pretty good, Uh, really happy about the match uh, on Saturday, Uh, but I am disappointed at Fox 40 with their app because a lot of us missed the first half, and I had to go back look at the highlights to see our goals, and luckily for the second half, I was already back home watching it on TV, but I don't know if you guys heard what happened with that, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners who depend on the app must have been really disappointed, especially those who weren't able to watch the entirety of the match. And I don't know if they actually came back or not. I don't know if you guys heard anything. I'm trying to remember some of our friends who mentioned that they were also depending on it, but you guys remember anything? Well, you, well,
0: you know, I do, given the fact that I'm out of the three of us, I'm the one that's out of market. So I kind of rely on both the app and the website to actually watch the game. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Once we get into our uh, glasses of gratitude.
1: Yeah. I know what your galazzo Gratitude is! Woohoo! You know what mine is, so... <laughs> I
2: have a feeling it involves a, a mouse, right, that you weren't so fond of, but now you kind of had to be fond of <laughs> 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 Well, speaking of the of Gratitude, Sharon, go ahead and introduce us.
1: And now, one of my favorite segments, Golozas of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some glazes of gratitude. And on that note, one of my, and this is going to be my only galaza of gratitude, even though there's a million things that I could be thankful for. Seriously, you know, massive gratitude for just being alive, right? I am going to give a big old fat shout out to Nancy Fregosi, otherwise known as Gaga. For coming over after the match and for, you know, I I had a chance to meet, okay, you don't know who she is, but I will tell you, Danny Videolo's mother-in-law, she is, what an incredible person, Sabrina, Danny's wife, is a perfect, perfect person to be with Danny Videolo, the two of them are a match made in freaking heaven. And if you ever see them on the field after the matches or just anywhere, they are su- such a great couple. And now I know where Sabrina gets this big, warm heart from. I met her mom. And again, she Gaga came over. Her nickname is Gaga. She came over after the match was over, came up to me and said, are you a podcast mom? You're podcast mom. And it's like, and I want to get a word from you. So... We're going to play a little message from Gaga right now. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so proud of Danny and this team and this city, which was magnificent,
2: my first time here. I listened to the podcast religiously, and I love it, because I live in Vermont.
1: She's from Vermont, and this is Sabrina Videolo, this is Danny Videolo's mother-in-law. I'm known as Gaga. Gaga. Welcome, Gaga. Thank you for coming. Okay. On. So thank you so much, Nancy, for all of that. We love the love and we we love the fact that you love Sacramento and that you love Sac Republic and you love Danny. And of course, I know how much you and your husband love your daughter, Sabrina, who is all absolutely the best. She's the apple of our eyes. You know, as far as be, all the wives and girlfriends are just super special. Sabrina is just, you know, she's got two cats. I love that, right? Okay, Jared, what about you?
0: All right, so getting into it, a glass of gratitude, uh, these ones kind of stem from uh, the match day. There's uh, maybe not another one, some other ones semi-related, but uh, at first, yes, just like Louis had mentioned, Fox 40's uh, feed was practically non-existent during the first half, and some of you might have seen the uh, AEW-related meme that I post about it. Short time later, our our dear and beloved Connor got in contact with me and confirmed that yes, Fox 40 was having some issues, uh, but uh, I'm not sure if he has a magic wand he's got somewhere or maybe has some, some kind of a spirit with him. But just as soon as I hit submit for my ESPN plus subscription, which I finally caved in and decided to do seconds later, Fox 40 feeds back on. So go of gratitude to, uh, to, to you. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Connor. Uh, or if you've got some kind of uh, connection, you know, kind of like uh, out in Folsom Boulevard around Jersey, just to make something happen, who knows. I- I'll give you some gabagool from Arizona uh, next time I'm over there. Uh, also, uh, glasses of gratitude to Winco Foods out, uh, out in uh, Surprise, Arizona. Yes, it's an actual town called Surprise. They actually had the new Dr. Pepper float ice cream from Bluebell. So I am all set for this Saturday's match. I'm going to have some Winco subs and a big old tub of Dr. Pepper to, and hopefully three points to to savor this this coming weekend. So thank you a, a lot for that. And there is another one that I, that I had, but unfortunately it's escaped me. This is what happens when you record on a Monday. You forget a lot of things. (laughs) So I'm sure I'll probably pop in with a closet of gratitude as it comes through. But for now, Luis, how about you?
2: Yeah, uh, all good, man. And you made me wonder, right? How is it that it just magically worked? We know Connor's amazing. He could, you know, uh, change things around and all that. But it's like there were problems and all of a sudden it's not working. (laughs) Now I'm wondering if Fox 40 and ESPN Plus are like connected to each other and are like, eh, don't make it work, and let's get some more subscribers. All right, make it work now. They subscribe already. We got their money.
0: <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that we would be hit with the copyright infringement, this would be where we would start playing the Godfather theme.
2: <laughs> you could hum it if you want. I don't think we would get in trouble for that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how it goes, but I, I probably would have done that already, but I don't quite recall how that that goes along but but yeah as far as my gloves of gratitude go uh first one goes out uh to tina because she offered me her parking and unfortunately i wasn't able to go to the match uh, this past saturday but always appreciate it when i get offered either tickets or you know parking pass to a match really awesome so thank you tina Uh, i appreciate the offer there and one more goes out also to gaga Appreciate the comments there that you gave to Sharon, and we're going to be sharing the video here uh, shortly after I post this episode. But and not just Gaga too, but also just everyone listening to us right now. And always, you know, we never get tired of thanking all the listeners because again, we see the numbers go up. We we see all that, but it really means a lot when you guys uh, approach us and you know tell us something about the podcast or send us in your comments. Which also gloss our gratitude out to Walt. Who once again sent us another voicemail he gave us some pretty interesting statistics on roro which i'll be replaying here uh later on in the episode which now we won you know those stats were comparing um roro's uh performance on the field versus when he's not on the field i mean sorry those stats were comparing anytime roro's on the field how the team's done and anytime he's not on the field and the numbers are you know pretty impactful which Maybe, you know, they might be changing a little bit now that we got the win on Saturday, but still uh, really thankful that he cracked the map for us and awesome stuff, you know, and everyone knows that we like statistics around here and always great to have uh, some of you send us in the stats and help us out with that side of it as well.
1: Is that math? You know, I, I actually loved math because my degree was in geology, right? So I had to have a lot of math, but we didn't call it statistics. We called it sadistics, even though I love <laughs> statistics. I love I took two semesters of stat, loved every minute of it, but everybody still referred to it as, oh, you have to go to sadistics. Yep. <laughs> and I'm happy to do it.
2: Anyhow. That's a clear way of calling it, too, because I, I feel like I, a lot of people would call it as when well. I took it one semester, too, and... I didn't want to go back there, so I, I know um, why they called it that. Yeah,
1: Sadistic. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> now, if it's soccer statistics, though, that's different. I would have actually loved to take that course.
1: <laughs> they should have a class for you know anybody who wants to take basic stats. It's like let's talk about sports stats and how all that works. Of course, I'd get I'd get lost. I just pull up that app. What is it? Five twenty eight. Is it five twenty eight, Jared? The one uh, stat. Uh, I,
0: I want to say five five thirty eight, but uh, that. But I, but I get I get the, the site you're talking about.
1: Yeah, Luis, what is it? Which one is it? Is it 538, 528? Someone. So okay. So you know Ooh. John? Oh, by the way, thank you, John, for the parking pass for my sister. You're the best. But John, if he's listening to this, he's gonna actually tell me which which it is. <laughs> so let's not find out. We'll just see if John picks up on this conversation, and he'll send us a message saying which one it was, and then he'll probably give us the over under on how often we get everything wrong in our our podcast.
0: Oh hell, you don't you don't need John to tell me how wrong I've been, especially with my bet and (laughs) stuff.
1: I mean, yeah. And the over under for whether or not, you know, someone's going to either get all three of our podcast winter dinner or whatever it's called. I, Louise, I'm sorry. I don't even know what we call it. I probably get it wrong every single time. <laughs> um, so what's the over and under of Sharon not getting that right. But the, the over under of, you know, each week. <laughs> eh, go on. All right. Let's talk about the match.
2: Yeah, podcast winner dinner, which we'll leave that to again, as usual, post match. I really, I don't even really want to look at it right now, but I know we we have to.
1: You stunk up the joint. Me and Jared did not so much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this match uh, from Saturday. 3 1 was the final score. Uh, Awesome goals by our squad, right? You had the penalty by Seba coming back at it, right? I, I think it's been. Quite some time, right? And we know he had that injury that he had to go through. And, you know, he's had to go through a couple of things there, but really nice that he gets another goal. Doesn't matter how it is, right? PK, whatever. All forwards need that motivation to continue to score. And we know that he is a good goal scorer. So pretty good stuff there on his side. But uh, I went back, I watched the replay, like I mentioned. Unfortunately, the up situation didn't allow me to watch the first stuff, but I want to know Sharon. When you guys saw the PK get called on, which I got to say, it was one of those PKs. And once again, Jack gets called on a PK that uh, it could have probably not been called a PK. And I think none of us would have been here, like, like firing at the ref. Like, what what happened? Right. Why did you call it? Like, what were you guys' thoughts, especially when you rewatched the replay and you see kind of how it all went down?
1: I watched the game again. And of course I had it recorded on my DVR from Fox 40. So this particular foul, I couldn't see initially because the game started right after this moment. So they replayed it at halftime. So I was able to see it. So you guys know that anytime in my mind, I don't care whose team it on is on when a player arches his back. That for me is an indication that there's an unnatural movement and the players trying to draw a foul um i think scott walker described it the best it did look like the san antonio defender who was that um uh, maloney was it maloney that took his legs out it did look like he got his legs swept out from under him so whether he arched his back or not he did get knocked off balance and it's, and that's what scott walker saw and so we've were fixated on the replay. But if you if you in the process of trying to avoid the foul, you know, by lifting his leg, he was trying to actually avoid getting taken out because that's going to be a painful one. He ended up getting the contact was made. Maloney made contact with him. So he was going to go down one way or the other, whether, you know, so fair enough. Um, I'm glad we I'm glad we got the I'm glad we got the call. But one way or the other, Russell Ciceroni's progress was also impeded. If you look. Um, he was also brought down. So there you have it. Plus the field was shite. Uh, There's some spots on the field that are pretty nasty. Everybody was falling down a lot. I don't know if you guys saw that, but we could see it. So anyhow, there you have it. That was my analysis. What did you guys think? PK, no PK?
0: No, I would definitely say PK because San Antonio was playing very, very dicey uh, or at least the part of the match that I could watch anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you see, uh, you see him just charging in, just trying to get in, and then uh, Mahoney uh, just Maloney gets yeah. gets what the San Antonio player? the, the yes. one the one that's not named the one that's not named uh, shall be not not be named.
1: Oh, the one yeah. that shall not be named. Okay.
0: Well, we'll name them a little bit later, but anyway, yes, this, uh, there was definitely forward progress and, and in the replay, you can see not one, but two players, uh, to take a tumble, including a uh, Russell Ciceroni. But at least we still had the mindset of continuing with the play because as far as we know, I mean, if there had not been any whistle, yeah, at least this way we got someone continuing on and not knocked it in. Anyhow, probably could have been called offside at that point. Who knows? I, I don't know. But, uh, Either way, we did, not, we did not quit until we heard the whistle. And thankfully, with the PK coming in, and then Seba goes up, knocks it in. I mean, that's it's definitely a confidence booster because I remember hearing, as far as a preview on this match, the, the one way to really slow San Antonio down is to score early. And this was a pure example. I mean, we scored early and ultimately we ended up taking san antonio out so that was like a a confidence uh, dropper for for san antonio because and you could tell because they were constantly playing an aggressive tone not only in, in the the highlights here for the first half but also even more so for the second
1: half just to to confirm what we saw out there because sometimes you guys didn't see the whole field they were they were nasty san antonio was nasty they were doing that oh, stuff yeah. that- They were pushing us in the back when we weren't even on the ball. I mean, there was just a, it was, it was just nasty. And, you know, I, I think, I think the league needs to take a look at that now. I don't know how much we do of that kind of stuff, but it was, I don't think that we're quite as nasty. Yeah. We may touch, you know, to let a, a, an attacker know, like Connor may touch a guy, you know, on his back, but he's not going to shove him. I mean, this was just, all around a nasty match to watch. And I'm amazed we didn't come away with more serious injuries. They were the ones who ended up with some serious injuries. Um If you think about it, you know, the guy with the shoulder, M- M- Maloney, not Mahoney, Maloney, that the, the defender that ended up uh taking Jack out, he ended up having a, a bit of a shoulder bump partway through the match. And then they had a player come out like within the first five minutes of the match and i don't i don't know it looked like a leg thing so you know they it it was a very physical match very physical anyhow luis what did you think of the goal was it a pk or no uh
2: in my opinion i I don't think it was a pk i think that jack is already arching his back right before uh maloney actually makes the contact and the contact happens because he's already arching his back so he's already like falling down so just again we always like to analyze. Or even RPKs, right? Whether it was or wasn't, right? So so we could we take the jersey off for a quick second here. But <laughs> if this would have been the other way around, I know we would have been so furious, uh, at the ref for calling this one, right? Because we would have been like, There was no contact before. And you could tell when he does the slide, and uh and I agree with you guys hundred percent. It was a really dirty match, right? The San Antonio guys were, you know, having all these crazy fouls and all that, but in this situation i just think that uh maloney wasn't uh i think he realized that like he was gonna make contact and then he quickly stopped but at that point again jack was already uh falling there and it was too late right i mean once he's falling down we know that's how it is but i would just say we need to be cautious right i don't know if like var is ever going to be a thing in usl maybe not right but if there was BAR in place and they'd have to go back and like check to see if it was or wasn't, we could have gotten a yellow card out of this is how I'm feeling. So th- that's my thoughts on this, too. But uh, I mean, it happened. And again, we-, we go back to saying that it's happened to us plenty of times, right, where we get these calls. So w- the refs are bad both ways, right, is what we'll <laughs> continue to say, because we-, we get favored sometimes and sometimes we're the ones uh, on the other side.
1: You know, this, this ref actually kept his calm during all the crap that happened during the match. He, he actually stayed calm and firm. There were things that he let go, like a lot of the tiki tacky stuff that I was talking about, you know, the little bit of dirty play. He talked to the players a lot. It took forever for a yellow to come out. If you think about it, uh, you know, I, I know I was on pins and needles because I had, I think I had picked San Antonio mm. to get, Pull the first yellow, yeah. and they ended up getting the first yellow. But it took forever for that card to come out. And the minute that card came out, I think I may have posted something in the chat. It's like, yes, I got a point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that was actually after uh, Jared got his point. You know, he, he you know, he picked the the um, I think the goal scorer, yeah. Uh,
0: Seba. Yeah, but you picked at, Seba. But, but I wasn't really sure on the pick. I could have sworn I picked Seba, so I was kind of like uh, wanting to go uh, rewind. It's like, wait a second. Did I, did I pick Saba for, for the first goal? And sure <laughs> enough.
1: Yeah. You What's so funny is I always pull up sheets while we're watching the match, right? I pull up the sheet that Louise has prepped for us. And I'm always looking at that thing. And that's why I thought you were like dead sure that you got it. <laughs> so I was, well, taunting, I, I was taunting you in the back, you know. I. Was like,
0: <laughs> I usually do it to old school and pull up the uh, the previous podcast episode and listen. <laughs> I kind of have like, a general idea because I know it's towards the end when we give our predictions.
2: So That's a way to do it, too. Uh, but uh, but as far as the PK goes, uh, it was well shot by Seba. right? It's exactly how you're supposed to shoot a penalty kick, too. And if you go back and look at the replay, yeah, we could see just how poor the condition was of the pitch right there, even just right there in the PK spot. And I'm a little worried, Sharon, because they're gonna have a few concerts here in the next few months what can happen and especially heading into playoff time that's not good you don't want that because anyone could get injured right you don't want anyone to get injured of course but our players could see the rough end of it
1: we got state fair we've got a heat wave coming in and you know it's like that one spot they should not let the opponent warm up in that area because that one bad spot that's over there in front of their bench, mm-hmm. the visiting bench mm-hmm. there's a big patch that's nasty, and they yep, you could see it right there right so there, yeah, yeah uh. what we're looking at is this nasty patch, and that's where the opposition warms up. It's like, no, s- stay off that patch, you're just making it worse, you know,
2: yeah, hopefully they take good care of it too, so. Moving on to the second goal, happened in the 38th minute. Who else but the guy who deserves so much more goals because last season he was denied so many different opportunities and Jacker coming through. But before that, Dami with a classic Dami cross right to where he spotted Jack. And we know Jack is one of those guys that he's going to try and make his way through, right? He's going to try and make himself available, right, for any crossing opportunity, not just for him to cross, but, right, but he's also gonna be there uh on the other side of it as well. And he just he had the perfect shot. This is exactly what we asked for when a cross comes through and you can't header the ball, right? It's like, hey, just shoot it. Hey, don't let it bounce, shoot it. If you get a perfectly timed shot more often than not, that's a goal right there, right? Since no one really sees it coming. I mean, we're watching it here in like slow motion, but <laughs> like it happened all in real time, right? Sharon, like wh- what do you guys think of this goal?
1: My back had turned for one second. I saw Dami go down with it, and then I turned back and it scored. So I had to literally watch the replay on this one. It's like, how did that goal happen? You know, it was like it was fast and it was on a on a rope when when Jack hit that. Just we were all so impressed. I mean, the crowd erupted. Of course, anytime any of our guys, you know, score, especially like Jack, you know, because we see him try and try and try and it'll go high. It'll go wide. It'll go here and there. And we watch Mark Briggs, coach Mark and he'll just like, when he sees the, over the bar, over to the wide, you know, you can see him. He quickly turns around like, ah, you know, like, Oh, come on, Jack. And then this one goes in and coach just is ecstatic when, when these go in. And so we, This one, the the emotions, remember last week how I said we were up and down with all of the emotions and then when we lost, this one was the same kind of match, but we were mostly up. You know, there were times where the guys missed, you know, this or that and they need to clean things up and shots and Danny Videolo, you know, didn't miss, um, you know, there was one one thing that snuck by, but whatever, it was a breakdown in our defenders, not so much Danny. But um, I'll tell you what, this was great. What did you guys think when you were watching it online?
0: Oh man, it was just a party where, when Jack Gersh scores. I mean, just how you mentioned last uh, season, how he had opportunity after opportunity, but just, just did not turn out right. It would go a few centimeters this way. It goes over the bar or to the side, but he has been connecting. He has been hitting on these opportunities, and that's translated into more goals for the public. And I know he is capable of, of getting all, all these goals so i'm just so glad that forces of nature are finally working in jacker's favor and and that was a beautiful cross for from dom uh, as well we cannot forget that because without that cross there would be no goal
2: yeah and once again it's one of those goals where everyone's sitting on the end sections tvb all that especially the people right there in the standing room only which by the way shout out to whoever thought of the idea of like Let's have some standing room right there, literally next to the field, because that's such an awesome idea to uh, bring more people to uh, the stadium there and with an even better view there as well. But uh, they got just quite a fantastic goal. I think one to remember because it all happened really quick. But again, I was really happy to see Jack get another goal and get another goal. Unlike others that he's gotten, I think it's the first time that I see him get a bully like that and just shoot it that way too. And luckily, luck was on our side, right? And it went between Maloney's legs too. And it's gotta be embarrassing when you're a defender and that happens. <laughs> so uh glad it wasn't on our side. But yeah, we definitely had some good luck there. And Jack knew where to shoot it at, right? And he put it right <laughs> where he had to put it so that way uh, no one would be able to stop it there. We have to talk about. The goal that San Antonio scores. Uh I really thought that we were gonna get a clean sheet out of this one. And we would have, right? But they let that guy alone, right? And at first glance, right, because this all happened so quick, I was like, could it potentially be an offside call? But after seeing the replay, I'm like, no, they might ma- he managed to you know get in the right position there and unfortunately uh beat Connor Donovan and they let him alone, right? I don't know, Sharon, what you guys thought there, but I think they gave the guy way too much space, right? How do you let the guy be open like that, open to uh, a perfect assist, because that's exactly what it was, and then one-on-one opportunity against Danny. And Danny's great and all, but he's not going to be able to stop everything, especially when you have one-on-one opportunities.
1: So this was, you remember two seasons ago, we were talking about how our defense, you could drive a Mack truck through it. Um, This was that situation all over again because the guys forgot to put their heads on a swivel. And they figured that the offsides flag would go up and it did not. Um, it was so close. It could have been offsides, but at the end of the day, uh, Connor and Jared just didn't even pick him up. And Faraday, you know, Faraday's job is on the outside. So he's watching, you know, their number, um, five or whatever that is. Uh, he's, he, that's his mark. And then he sees, um, uh, the goal scorer break three, break free. And there's nothing anybody could do to stop. I mean it and it happened so fast. Danny Videola was a, a little bit stuck out. Um, you know, he he was out a little far. So now he has to commit to make himself large and cut the angle. Uh, he did his best. You know, this is just one of those unfortunate situations. They'll learn from it. You know, it's a very, very much of a learning thing. You can even see Connor Donovan pointing
3: mm-hmm. in the
1: direction, you know, of the player that got through, you know, that was totally un totally unmarked. Um yeah. So that was a, that was a toughie. That was a toughie, but I will say that uh the defense having Shane Wheat back in the lineup, you know, nothing against Leah. We all love Leah. Oh my God, we love him. Um, But the communication between these three guys that have had to start the season together, you know, Shane, Connor, and Jared, the communication amongst those three guys, plus the outside back or, you know, the wing backs has been superb all along especially you adding in Luis Felipe and Arnold Lopez and too bad about Arnold getting yellow card accumulation. I think he's got to sit down. So uh, we won't have him against RGV Toros. I think, I think he's has to sit a match for yellow card accumulation, which is a sucky position for us to be in because he has been incredible back there. He seals up all that stuff. So they're probably going to have to drop uh, Luis Felipe even deeper you know, to pick up that, that job because Matt Lagrassa has not been available for selection. We don't know what's going on because our, our, uh, our people don't tell us the injuries. I mean, we knew at Roro, but we don't know what's going on with Matt. We don't know uh, what's going on with uh, Lee. It's just, you know, we saw him in the stands, waved at him. It's like, have a beer. So well, there you go.
2: Oh yeah. Good point. Yeah. Well, Who knows what's yeah. going on there? Well, we don't even really, oh, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I just completely missed this too, but we don't even really have a, time frame for roro right was there an official statement made because i mean we're all under the impression he's out for the season but no one tells us anything
1: that's a good point you know and it's funny because san jose earthquakes always says you know what body part is injured yeah. And a <laughs> lot of the mls teams you know they list the the injury location um but you know hopefully through you know folks hearing our our podcast and our desires, you know, maybe we need to mount a campaign where we let people know hey, write to the club, let your, you know, rep know or let somebody know that we would love to dig around and get a little bit more information because we care so much. You know, not that we're going to go run out and send flowers and get, you know, <laughs> um, send them chocolate or whatever, but, you know, just fill our brains. There's, you know, whatever, how many thousand season ticket holders out there that care about these guys. And, you know, we want to, when you send vibes, if you believe in vibes or you believe in positive thoughts, you know, sometimes fixating or thinking about, you know, it's like you you think about that person's hip and the next thing you know, white light, you know, all of that stuff, Jared, you know what I'm talking about? You know, when you, you think about when you think, Mm -hmm. yeah, you, you know, you've had it done for you. And it's a little bit of Reiki from a distance kind of a thing where you put your positive energy towards the area of the body that is in distress. And the next thing you know, that other person starts to feel better because they're receiving all these humans thoughts to get better. So whatever. exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think at one point the team also mentioned it, right? I mean, like with, when you were with the team, I think that they used to mention injuries more specifically, right? And even maybe make like social yes. media postings and all that. So we yes. just lost that. We, we used to do that.
1: Yes. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, why, why so quiet? Why so quiet? At least we know it was Roro's, you know, we know that it was what body part it was for him. Um, you know, the, um, well, I don't want to say hip flexor, but in that region uh, where he detached the, the tendon and had to have surgery, but, but at least we know. So everybody's thinking about that part of his body and we've watched him ride a bike now. We watched him, you know, he's walking on a full weight kind of a thing. So he's, he's, his mobility is coming back. It's great. Um, just a little quick update on Seba. It looked like his hammy, um, I think the reason why he was so crushed when he came off the field, we saw him very emotionally distressed when he came off and sub later in the game. And I know we've got another goal to talk about that's gonna well but I Seba's hammy, you know, his I think it was his right hamstring was not feeling good after the match. So on that note, what did you guys think of the hole in our defense and this upcoming uh, ability to get a free kick? that resulted in us converting a free kick, a goal.
2: It was an automatic red card. I was just waiting for the referee to pull it too. And luckily referee didn't think twice and all that. And the one thing I (laughs) was saying, and there's something I keep saying every single time that I watch a match and I see a player uh, trying to question, right. The call that was made. And I don't understand how a player can clearly know that they never actually touched the ball. Right. They clearly hit the man and still be telling the referee, like, how is that a red card? How is that a yellow card? Um, especially in this circumstance here where we saw the uh, San Antonio goalkeeper shouting at the ref saying, like, I got the ball. And then you look at the replay and <laughs> I know you guys probably got the replay there at the stadium, too, on this note. And I'm just like, how could you still say that to everyone watching on TV is <laughs> clearly seeing that you knocked him down? Right, you never touch the ball at all. Seba smartly, as you have to do as a forward. Right, when you're on one-on-one opportunity, move the ball a little bit. Goalkeeper's already coming out at you. You're gonna pull the free kick, the penalty kick. In this case, the red card there because you're the last man, and not just to pull that right, but also to generate your space to actually get your goal there. But I just couldn't believe that the goalkeeper could have the nerve to say, "Like I touched the ball." (laughs) It's like. Uh, Yeah, I I just uh, I just couldn't believe it.
1: Jared, was this definitely a direct free kick in your mind? I mean, based on everything you saw and how high up the leg got caught. I mean, there was no fake in there. There was no arch back there.
0: Uh, The only thing that came to my mind after seeing this was a classic song from the Fix, but a little bit transposed. Red cards at night. Red cards at night. I mean, this was total. Uh, dirty challenge there was no touch of the ball whatsoever he knew what he was doing he was charging out of the box going straight for seba and yeah see there was what the up? ball was already out of the area and uh, jordan Farber's was already challenging him i mean he had the opportunity to either slow down or maybe jump out of the way something like that but nope he just goes straight for the feet
1: It was a sad moment because Seba was on the ground for quite some time after this foul. Um, that was quite a wrenching moment. If you look at how his, you know, how, how he was caught, you know, on his leg and the momentum that that man had, he was on a dead freaking run. And with that kind of a momentum and the shock to your body when you land with that kind of momentum. Yeah. He rolled. He, you know, we did not know initially, you know, what was going on, but. He was subbed immediately, immediately after that, once he finally got up and was able to get off on his own. But it was, uh, it was brutal. And I'm glad that red card was shown to to Jordan. Um, However, it was comical what happened after that, because (laughs) nobody then knew who was going to fill in on that goal. And my sister goes, well, why don't they just sub somebody? And it's like, well, no, They've run out of subs. So there's no subbing now. Now they've got to pick a field player. And at first we thought it was going to be Mitch because Mitch was grabbing the gear, you know, from somebody. And, you know, we've seen Emma Clementa have to go in gold for us before when they only allowed three subs. Now, you know, they're allowed a lot more. And so we're just like, oh, my God, Mitch is going to be in goal. This would be fun. And then he <laughs> hands the gloves off. And, and so he wasn't in gold. But yeah. <laughs> you're doing chicken noises. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So anyhow, get this thing teed up. I think Luis Felipe had to wipe the freaking drool. This is his zone. He had to wipe the drool off his face because he saw a meal sitting there in goal, a field player a field player having to play goalie. Right. And so Luis, you know, it's like he was getting ready to have the nicest steak dinner. If you eat steak or kind of, I don't care what he was eating, but man, he put this thing up on his platter, got out his carving knife and his big old fork. And you could just see him getting ready to slice right into that. And then this happens, Luis, take it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. It's always really comical when, uh, Field players have to be goalkeepers. And especially when it's not your team, right? And you're like, guys, don't stop shooting. <laughs> Just keep shooting. We're going to get a goal. And I mean, granted, now I've seen some field players actually make quite impressive stops. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but sometimes, you know, there's a reason why the guy who ends up putting the goalkeeper jersey is the one that does so, right? Because they practice these things and training, right? They always have a, a field player or two, actually put the gloves on in the event that this happens right because you're always uh, you know exposed to this happening especially once that last sub goes out Uh, but in this particular situation uh, I was a bit sad that it wasn't Mitch that got the gloves because I was like I'm gonna enjoy the goal twice as much if it isn't (laughs) but uh, alas it was this other guy who did so and having this free kick here I was like I was on the same boat as you Sharon I was like Luis Felipe has delivered quite amazing shots. This is chance to not only give us a really good goal, but be back in the scoring sheet, right? Because we've known how in the last couple of games he hasn't had that many great games. Right? I mean, there's been some games where we we've been questioned, right? Like, wait, was Luis Felipe playing, or uh, don't really recall seeing much of him. So this is great. I think this is really going to motivate him for future games. So thank you, ref, for actually pulling a legit red card and for making sure that the goalkeeper went out. Thanks San Antonio for making all your subs before this, (laughs) because (laughs) I really do think if it would have been their actual goalkeeper, he may would have had a hand to it too. And maybe not so much when you look at the first replay, right? The first uh, take we saw of it too. But when you look at additional um, angles of the shot, you can tell that a goalkeeper could have probably put at least a finger to it. And luckily, you know, When you see the goal, you could actually tell that, yeah, this is a field player, right? If you didn't know
1: what was going on. (laughs) Poor guy. And he he stood on his line like it was a PK. And it's like, dude, you can actually, there's, you can move around a little bit. You don't have to, like, you can do whatever you want back there. You could have done cartwheels. But um, (laughs) I can't wait for Jared to do his analogies of a feast, because I know you were right there with me when I was talking about food.
0: Yeah, man. Luis Felipe was looking like, Pretty much how Luis was looking at that potbelly sub uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, just practically <laughs> salivating. I mean, get set up for, for the for the goal kick. Nails right in the corner. And then Luis Felipe uh, busts out with, with the celly. Pew, pew, pew. Just yeah. guns a-blazing.
1: Guns ablazing, he- And you could tell everyone was thrilled. And Rosa kept getting on camera. This was like one of the best matches for Rosa because she was like number one on the camera every time they went. And shot TVB, oh. you know, footage of them. It was always Rosa. But this celebration with the whole entire squad and all the staff and the medical. And you know, it's like if anybody, we should have been down there with them, you know, because Luis finally broke the his own little personal mini drought, you know, because he's been on, oh. been on a drought. And so just so everybody knows, if you if you're not on social media, uh this the USL uh league uh uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram, posted this uh, this goal and were like praising Luis Felipe for this. All this other, well, all the naysayers were like, "All yeah, if it was a regular goalkeeper, eh, it wouldn't have been a goal." La la la. I mean, they were like totally bagging on him. But I will tell you this: he, that that's upper upper right V. I mean, that if it, I don't know, Luis Urbano, I don't know, I. I still think this had a really good chance. Plus, I think we had guys following the shot. I don't think people were static. I think they realized that, you know, maybe it might not go in. So let's follow the shot. I mean, if you if you look at um, Aldair, he's right there following it in. So I don't know, you know, I think one way or the other, I think we, uh, I think it's almost like Luis Urbano's love of conchas and the conchita truck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're just going to go to food right now because I want a, one of those conchas. I don't care. Pick your favorite.
2: Okay, pick my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll have one on on Saturday, too. And we'll do a video of it, too. If you want to eat it there on the spot or anything. But so I that don't way. want
1: yeah. one that's been in the trunk of your car after 104 degree heat. It's got to be, you got to, don't give me that one. You know, that all that <laughs> topping that they put on them, that little bit of a gla- glaze on top, that'll just crumble. And then it'll be like, uh. And I will bring an ice chest so that the next day if I have it the next day i'll I'll have it with my coffee, so I'll remember to bring a little a little cooler to keep that concha you know nice and perfect,
2: yeah, I mean the glaze that's on it too is it like a glazed donut yeah
1: it's it, not it's, right yeah
2: it's just a regular yeah, concha there too, yeah. but uh but I'm planning on getting it and then going straight through because I'm sad to say that I'm probably gonna have to skip on the on the storm against cargo game because of how hot it's gonna be and I'm just going to want to just go straight to Sacramento <laughs> after yeah. that. So uh, it'll actually be like, I'll literally pass by there and you'll be getting it right when, uh, when I get it after. So
1: Jared, we got to get you a job <laughs> up here up North. We got to get you back up here because I miss the heck out of having you at the matches. It's always much more fun with you here. my dear.
0: Uh, I mean, if, if things can uh, improve, if there's some perfect perfect situation where I can, I mean, I mean, who knows i mean but i would definitely love to, to be out there again you know be out there more, more often i know this uh this season's kind of put a hindrance on that uh compared to last year but i'm definitely looking forward to the uh, huge stadium match in,
2: in august yeah may, may we get you a job with psych republic i'll just uh, put that out there yeah. was, how fun would that be
0: they, they would have to be paying uh a bit more than what i'm getting right now so (laughs) we'll put it at that
1: exactly we gotta we gotta get your linkedin profile circulating up here you know to find you find you that perfect job the thing that you're really good at and that you like doing because i know you like what you do so
0: well well, either that or or if i can uh, get moved over there and keep the, uh, the job i have which basically i'd be working remote anyway so we'll see
2: Ooh, oh, that would uh, be so dandy. That'd be oh. great too. Yeah. Well, we'll put it out there for all the listeners too. If anyone knows of uh, anyone hiring, and at this point, you've already known Jared's background and all that. If not, we'll make a episode with what you're looking for. And
1: he's multilingual and has <laughs> impeccable grammar. Yeah, and
0: and a relocation package would would be a plus.
1: Yes, relocation <laughs> package. And 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 what is your background, Jared? Tell us what what what's your uh, what's your schooling look like
0: uh I, IT, I graduated from uh northwestern uh, technical co- technical college which is no longer uh, there it used to be over there on the Alta arden and bell uh out by cal expo but uh years of call center uh, clerical tech support just all all that uh, good stuff right there I just accumulated for years
1: yep and a relocation package to boot and we've got jared back in sack so think about that listeners let's get Jared back to SAC. Although I know he really likes his Avondale location and he loves the family and all that other stuff where he's out, but, oh man, to have Jared close by how much fun think of all the food things we'd be doing. You know, we could, uh, we'd be carpooling to meet somewhere halfway with uh, Luis Urbano and we'd be like chowing down it. Oh man. I can just, I could see it now. Podcast will turn into the food, food podcast. The food yeah.
2: Podcast. Like we had joked around, right? It might actually end up being <laughs> a reality. It could, it could actually be state of the food here. But um...
1: anyhow. So anyhow, so Luis, Luis or Luis Ronaldo, Luis Felipe gets this massive goal, right? The the San Antonio's down to 10 men. We're on a high. We're basically said that was a nail on the coffin. There's not going to be that many more minutes left in the game. And then something bizarre happens. Let's talk about <laughs> that. Moving along.
2: Yeah, and and speak before we get to that particular moment. To uh, relating to that particular moment, that individual who uh, we've already named here, already too. But the ball went above his head for the goal for Luis Felipe. So, double the joy for us too, right? <laughs> Not only did we get that goal, but he got to witness the goal firsthand go above his head. Right as he was glancing back to see the goal there, right. So, he had a pretty good vision of it too there, right? So. There you have it. It was a good uh, present for him. (laughs) Welcome back. But speaking of the foul that happened afterwards, though, I do have to say that I don't know why the referee just pulled the yellow. Right, And I know it ended up being a double yellow because we're still trying to figure out exactly what happened, what was said. He must have said something, I'm assuming, is what ended up happening there. But it should have been a flat-out straight red. I don't know how the referee calls this just the yellow, and then again, he gets the yellow yellow because he says something. There should have been a red card, and not just only that, but the foul was so bad. I mean, this is this was borderline criminal foul, right? So bad my intention. My sister
1: heard. My sister heard the bench something coming from the bench. My sister said they told him to do that intentionally because she, she was watching their bench, and she said they just told him to take out Kecko. It was on purpose. So that there was intent behind that file. He was being, he was told by the, by, by the bench, by the coach. I don't know. My sister heard something. She goes, I just heard them say, and I said, are you serious? And she goes, yes, I heard them. And it's like, Oh my God, we were all deflated because, you know, Kecko's not 21, and to have an upended foul double foot tackle like that, that was the B- freaking S. That should have been a straight red. I agree. Jared. I
0: totally totally agree with that. And, and now hearing that just makes it uh, a confirmation of, of how much of a goon that, that uh, Mitch Tanner is uh, with, with this. I mean, looking at this replay here, if there's any ball contact, it's more than likely I mean, not, for, not from Mitch. I mean, it's, cer- it's certainly not from him. He got all ankle, all ankle, all toes, everything like that. I mean, some of us remember his first match uh, back in Heart Health Park, how how that went. This dialed it up to fifteen. I mean, forget eleven; he kicked it up to fifteen. And then for it to only just be a yellow at first, I mean, that would have been a travesty. But of course, Mitch ends up running his mouth uh, further, gets himself a, a second yellow, and he's out of the game. And then of course, along with yeah, you know, uh, Jab, Jabber John uh, all the whole while through. Even worse, when he exits the field, he actually kicks over w- one of the Pride corner flags. Mm. And and let's Bend remember it. this. Yeah, remember this is June. We're still in Pride month. In fact, you, you even saw the Nets were done up in in Pride colors. And for Mitch to just have a hissy fit and kick over a Pride flag. If the league does not find him, if he does not get suspended more than one game, you know there, there's definitely going to be hell to pay. I mean, you do not do that. I mean, you, you can be upset about a play. You can be upset about a red card, everything like that. But when you go after a, a figure like the pride flag like that, especially in, in one of the most diverse cities in the United States, no. No. No, you're not gonna get away with it. And and I hope this new commissioner for the USL championship sees that and takes uh and takes full on the extent of fining banning from from the from matches, although I know it's probably not gonna be any more than two or three, but still there needs to be a message sent to him. He has done so much of this crap. Anytime he's played against Sacramento, you know, he, he needs to be put in his place. He needs to be put in his place.
2: Yeah, I mean If they don't give him a proper sanction, it's going to look bad on the league, right? Like you said, a lot of people are going to be mentioning stuff. We're going to be the first that are going to be out here (laughs) calling this out because you can't do all this crap and just get away with it, right? Or just uh, end up getting two matches, right? Like other players who do bad fouls, just along with the bad foul, get two matches. But this guy went above and Beyond. It wasn't just a bad foul. It's something that he said. And I think he said something to Sosa again. We don't know exactly what was said because after a yellow card gets pulled, he's right there saying things to Souza, right? Souza, rightfully so, right, was mad at the foul. And, you know, as any other teammate would do, stand up to your teammate for what crap you just witnessed your teammate go through. right? Especially he was the one who gave a Keiko the pass there. But he says something to Souza, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, we're probably going to find out because the referee was right there in front, right? They have to say what happened there.
1: So yeah and I and, and I agree but I know that they're going to be reviewing um they're going to be reviewing any sound bites any of the speakers that were on the field because Mitch continued to say that wasn't him um that he wasn't the one that said it that it was somebody else um, and and that's that's what the um that's why he resisted so strongly is because the there was something that was said but Mitch claims it wasn't him and I don't know that it was said immediately to uh excuse me after the fact it so that it could have been done like right when he got the first the first yellow uh when he took out Kecko there could have been an utterance at that point so you know the referee was already going to do an additional penalty, I think, against Mitch after he took Keiko out because there were words exchanged on the field. You know, it could have been because Keiko went down so easy. It could have been the P word. You know, you don't know. And you don't know who said what out there. So they're going to be reviewing this like crazy. And San Antonio is obviously going to appeal the second yellow on Mitch. They, you know, it may end up getting switched. So it's going to take time for all of this to settle out. I'm not, you know, I'm not defending Mitch at all, but that Is what the sense of it was is that Mitch, when you watch the whole, when we watch the whole ordeal and from the stands, we could hear him say, I didn't say anything. It wasn't me. I didn't say anything. I didn't say that or I didn't, you know, that wasn't me. So, so that's, that's what we could hear from our seats. We could hear him make that plea that it wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't say it or I didn't do it, that thing. So. But anyhow, that's basically how the game ended, because the minute the ball got put back into play after this whole shenanigans, and it took about five minutes for Mitch to leave the field. Meanwhile, we were singing, na 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 hey, <laughs> hey, hey, so long, goodbye, that kind of thing. Um, and then he finally left, uh, kicked, the, kicked the flag, like Jared said. But yeah. the ball got put into play, and the ref just called it. It's like it wasn't worth it. We're done. This game is over. So,
2: so m- multiple reasons, though, because aside from that, whatever was said there again, the flag was kicked there and us on TV, Sharon, we saw the replay. We saw how far the flag was. Right. You could tell how far oh, he yeah. kicked it. He bent oh, the yeah. flag, too. So there was damage to, not just like misplaced it, too. And then on top of that, he wasn't planning on leaving. Like you said, he wasted all of our extra time, which I know we were already winning. We you know, we were going to win all that, too. But all the extra time went. On for that because the guy was not leaving, so that's why I think there's multiple little factors that should lead to a minimum of a five-match ban, because yeah. you add all these little incidents. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, there's your captain, it, San Antonio. It kind of made me wish that
0: Jim Crandall was still on Fox 4 because this would easily be candidate for Crybaby of the Week, uh, Mitch Tainer. <laughs>
1: Can we please bring crybaby of the week out? Hey, we've had our own moments, you know, but yeah, this definitely was. You guys, so here's the other thing. Initially, when the flag got kicked, our staff was going to go down there and put the flag back. But they were told, wait a minute, we got to make sure the officials have seen what happened. And so we didn't. Uh, Our staff hesitated. They were told, just leave it right there for now so that the officials can make sure that they can do the full assessment, you know, and any video could be captured, you know, all of that other stuff. And then Elijah went back and, you know, put the, put the flag back um where it needed to be. You know, he's one of the staff there. So yeah, initially everybody was rushing down to put the flag back in so we could get the game going again. It's like, nope, wait. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the things that we got to see as fans that you guys didn't necessarily get to see. You know, you saw the flag get put back by Elijah, but he was, we were waiting. We had to wait until the whole thing sorted and Mitch was off. The, you know, everything was done. So,
2: yeah. And I can imagine how all the shouting that was going on, right. As this was happening, especially when he kicked the flag, right. I mean, I saw a group of people run towards the far end Yeah. to say some things to him too. Right. And I think I, I don't know if I saw something got thrown in or what, but, uh, uh, I, I just saw people just run towards that side and I'm, I'm assuming to go shout at what he had done. So, uh, all I got to say, it's karma, right? What happened uh, a few Sac- San Antonio matches ago, right? You know, that one day that became the reason why we don't like this individual. It came back to him, right? For doing that to us.
1: So why did the announcers say that he really, really liked Sacramento? He liked playing here and that they were astonished that he would behave in this fashion coming back. But at the end of the day, he stopped liking being here he stopped liking you know the coach the front office well not the front office but you know in particular probably Todd um and so why would the announcers think that Mitch liked it here because he doesn't now you know this it's probably really hard remember he didn't there was one game last season he couldn't play because he was injured or something like that so we, we didn't get to see him but, you know, I, I, think, this, I think it was this this earlier
0: season one, because I because I knew he was not even on the uh, sub, uh, subs list. So that was the season.
1: when we went to San Antonio. OK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. So we didn't get a chance to see anything in action. Well, thank goodness this, uh, you know, rivalry is finished for the season. We won't be seeing <laughs> them again unless, you know, we see them in playoffs. But at this point, uh, the rivalry is done. And now we're looking at. Moving on, we're moving uh, forward to what's going to happen this weekend with uh, Rio Grande Valley, the Toros, uh, and the stats as we as we see them. We are in back in first place, our rightful position that we've earned. But there's so much uh, clustering at the top of the Western Conference table. One slip up, we are talking about this offline. One little slip up, one little game. It's not like we've got a commanding 58 points over everybody else. We don't. We are only two points ahead of El Paso. Mm -hmm. We're only six points ahead of Monterey Bay, who I continue to fear, you know, (laughs) so two games could change everything. You know, San Antonio, they're right there. All of these teams on the top half of the table are literally, there's a bunching going on. We need more wins and we need to pull away in a strong fashion. So You know, guys, if you're listening to this, you really have to mind your P's and Q's. You cannot slack, no drinking beer the day before, you know, none of that crap. You gotta be, I know, Luis, you're (laughs) laughing at me. You know, we just really have to take care of business from here on out. This is, uh, as I was telling the guys, this is your life. You know, this is your livelihood. This is, this is the way it is. You want these fans to be rabid. You want us all in your hip pocket. Always. And the only way to do that is to continue to win and play this beautiful soccer, like what we saw where the defense was clicking on all, you know, cylinders where Luis Felipe had swivel head the whole entire time was interrupting plays, making awesome passes. You know, you want Arnold who we won't be, who won't be playing against RGV as far as I know for yellow card accumulation. Um, You know, but we want this because that's your life. This is our life. This is mm-hmm. what it's like to be a fan. Okay. So I just <laughs> went through the table <laughs> you know, and I haven't had that much caffeine, so, you know, whatever.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm laughing because it's true, right? Those things do happen in the world of uh, soccer, too, throughout the world, right? And players don't learn their lesson, and it just keeps repeating over and over again. So uh, I'm glad we don't have those kinds of players this season, right? But I don't know other seasons, but at least this season, the team is, is strong. And if they're actually doing anything, then it's working out. So (laughs) 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 whatever they're doing, it's working out. It's, it's fine. Except against
1: Monterey, except against Monterey. didn't work out then.
2: Yeah. Except against Monterey, but I'm on the same board as you too. Right. Any team is tough. We're going to be playing against Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. They might be in 11th place right now. Right. Just above Las Vegas lights. But at this point, I mean, I'm also afraid of any team reaching up to us. Right. Except Las Vegas though. I got to say Las Vegas, nine points. Yeah, I think we don't have to worry, worry about them moving up above us. And Jared's probably like, at beginning a season, you wouldn't have to worry about them.
0: Luis is forgetting about the Orange County match. They were in dead last in the conference at the time, and we still lost to them. So this this is easily going to be a trap game. We do not want to be complacent, even if it is RGV. They were tough to uh, to uh, to compete against last season. There's been some changes here and there, but I'm not going to take RGV lightly. I mean, I know my prediction may may look like it will, but, you know, it's going to be a match they're going to fight for.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I I didn't mean like Las Vegas against Sacramento. I meant that as in Las Vegas reaching up to first place. (laughs) Like, uh, that's the one team I don't see it happening. RGB? Potentially, right? Who knows?
0: (laughs) Well, I I don't think either are going to be top uh, top four uh, contenders. But as far as upcoming matches, I mean, that's where they're going to strike us. So... We're not going to be in any fear of losing uh, ground to them in the stats, but just on the pitch is is what I'm saying.
2: Now, let's remember, though, RGB they have one game in hand to a lot of teams who have 16 games played, and this game is really critical to them, right? Because they won this game, they're just going to be three points away from Phoenix, who has that last playoff seed. So, yeah, they're going to be giving it their all, right? You're at that, like, halfway season point where... You can't drop any points if you're below a playoff zone. And so these teams are more hungry sometimes than even the top teams. I think that's why sometimes we end up losing against these lower uh, position teams because they're pressured, right? Teams are already in the playoff zone. Sometimes they gets slack a little bit and feel like, hey, I'm still good. I still got a cushion. But like Sharon said, the Western Conference is something else this season. It's no longer what it was other years, right? Where it's like, okay, yeah, there's like a good room between one to the other. They've stolen a lot of points from the East.
1: Yeah. We need a cushion. We need a cushion.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And one more win could help us uh, get that cushion too. But um, in the time being, yeah, we are first place. But El Paso does have a game in hand, though. So let's remember that we could potentially lose first place because they are just two points behind us and they have that going on. So uh, there is that possibility there, but unless we get the win again, we are still the team that along with Pittsburgh River Hounds has only lost two times. We still have the best record in the league as far as goals against with uh, 10 goals against and uh goal scored though. We're no longer first place in that note. Memphis nine to one, a scored 30, we scored 29. So they beat us by one goal, but heck in the West, we are the best. Hey, that rhymed too. That was perfect. I Ooh, didn't even plan that. So there you, there you have it. Unintentionally planned. But <laughs> all right. I've delayed it so much, but it's time to actually go through podcast winter dinner because Sharon and Jared are celebrating now because as Sharon mentioned earlier, she got a point thanks to the fact that San Antonio finally got a yellow card. And if that wouldn't have been the case, you would have been shouting at the referee probably nonstop to, to the whistle. There, I know, Sharon. Uh, and then Jared Also with the Seba goal that he scored as well. Seba does not give me points when he scores first, but (laughs) anytime anyone else picks him, he, he gives you all points there. And of course, I got zero on this one. So standings are looking just as close as the West standings are looking like in the playoff territory. So Sharon and I are now tied at 12 points or first place. And Jared is now one point away from us, 11 points. Wow.
1: It's nice that we're keeping each other company at the top.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's literally anyone's game. And uh it could be a triple tie for first and the next one if Jared gets one point and we zero out, which could happen, right? We've seen that in other occasions. So uh, that could be the possibility. So with that being said, this time we kind of wrote our predictions before, and so that way we have them here. So Jared. You want to go first, then I'll go after, and then Sharon will go last? Sounds
0: good. All right. So I am going to say 2-0 Republic. And then I am going to go with Jack Gurr going first. If he does not uh, uh, play or doesn't score or anything like that, I am going to go. Well, obviously, I can't go with Arnold because he's got accumulation. That's going to be a, to be a tough one right there, trying to figure out the, uh, the second one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Seba I'll go with Seba and then first yellow is going to be against RGV
2: as far as I go and you guys could see it here in my note too I literally wrote it way before Jared did so I also say 2-0 SRFC I say Russell getting the first goal if he's not available then I say Dami I think Dami's overdue uh, a goal as well and I think RGV gets the first yellow
1: oh my god This is so bizarre, but I also picked a 2-0 scoreline, and I wrote it down way before we started. But um, given Seba's hamstring issue, I'm going to pick the first person to score is Russell. Oh, God, I'm picking just what you did, Luis. So that's so funny. And uh, if he doesn't see uh, the match, then I'm going with Jack. And first yellow is Sacramento. All right, so there we are. There's our predictions. We're all with identical score lines. We have a lot of faith in SAC. Watch them score 4 nothing or whatever. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> didn't yeah. I just say it earlier, right before we started recording? Because I, I had said, let's all write, write it down so that way we, we don't guess the same thing. And then I was like, watch us still say the same thing, even if we wrote it down earlier. Oh, yeah. But I meant like, I was like, watch us still say the same thing. Writing it down earlier, and that's exactly what happened too. And yeah, we all we all wrote it down before, and uh <laughs> and we had Jared go first too, right? Uh, I don't know if you wrote it down, Jared, yeah. but yeah, me and Sharon ah. have written down. So. <laughs> well, well, this is gonna be interesting. I think none of us really want to move too far <laughs> from one another, too. So it it's looking like it's gonna be a pretty even end to uh, the next game as well in the standings, right? Uh, or yeah, I mean it's gonna fall down to the first yellow card, really, because there will be points to be gained since we both mentioned uh, two different ones there. So uh, yeah, but we'll see. Anything could happen, and any one of us could be last place and in, in the next one, which is interesting, right? I think it's been a while since we've been able to say that being so close, right there. So so looking at our favorite teams in USLW League One and League Two, first USLW, how are the standings looking like? Well. Storm yesterday, uh, I really thought they were going to beat the Glens, right? But they ended up pulling a 4-4 tie against them, which now puts them still at third place, 22 points, versus Glens are in first place with 28 points. You have the Soul there sitting at second place, 24 points. Cargo still in fourth, 18 points. Olympic Club 10, Pleasanton 8, Marin Siren 5, and Academica is uh, back in last place there for that but still still have a few games left right and stockton will be playing against the storm on saturday and being so close to one another there on the table i'm like uh, uh this wasn't the time to be playing against one another because it's looking like either either or we'll be qualifying the playoffs and <laughs> still having to face each other but best i look to both sides again i need to be biased because it's the 209 i'm going to be supporting stockton but storm Y'all know I support you anytime you play against any other team that's not the Cargo or Academica, though. But <laughs> it should still be an interesting one as they make the trip out to uh, Stockton, which, again, I was planning on going. But given weather circumstance, I'm not quite sure if that will still be the case. Maybe not, sadly. But that is uh, how that is looking like there. And looking at USL League One, uh, I-, I wish we didn't have to mention this, but we still have to give coverage, right? We still have to mention things regardless of whether there's negative results. But unfortunately, the Fuego lost once again in Northern Colorado there, 1-0. Another match where they just lose by one. It's just been just matches in which they just lose by one goal, which is always a shame, right? I mean, losing by one goal means that maybe the game was close enough or maybe the other team missed a lot. But either way, you still had a chance to at least tie it there. But with their loss, uh, they are still sitting there in last place. ten points. One game in hand, too, versus most of the teams that have uh, 14 games played there, which is uh, quite a few of them there. But they're slowly just like getting out of that playoff zone and they're almost getting closer to the end of their season. So it's a shame, right? But you got to just look forward to the third season, hope things get better. But uh, it's, yeah, it's a shame having to see them down there when we know that they have great teams. And again, you're just losing by one. You know, it's not nothing as bad, right? But that, that's that's their situation right now and looking at league 2 with academica there they're going to be playing their next game on friday against monterey bay 2 uh they've had like about a week and a half break since their 2-0 uh, win against marin legends but uh getting close to the end of their season just with four games remaining and currently in their table they're sitting at fifth place out of seven teams there with 10 points and eight matches played so uh potentially if they get another one they could actually move up to third place so uh there is uh that as far as they go but again it is their first season not that easy right dealing with their first season so i think they've had a pretty decent first season in usl league two considering again the rest of the teams uh or most of the team teams i should say they're in their uh, norcal division have been teams that have been playing for quite some time there but that's how things are looking like around our favorite leagues here for our, our teams here in the central valley now i want to move on to one last thing here before uh we end tonight's episode and that is exciting news that we actually got from england from huddersfield town specifically kevin nagle is now the official owner of the team and now we can finally start planning for next season and we're going to be talking to our friends at the and takes a chance podcast who y'all heard here in an episode and then y'all heard Sharon's appearance in their podcast as well so we're going to be having uh, some coverage there of Huddersfield Town so all of y'all listening right now who also became fans of the team after the announcement will be able to hear news of what's going on and all that and I'm sure we'll have John as well give us the stats give us the breakdown uh, how many points do they need to you know move up to the Premier League Uh, hopefully we're not talking about you know, relegation again. <laughs> we want to hear of more of the news of how many points do they need for that? Who is their next opponent for the FA Cup? For all those tournaments that they play over there too. So, what are your guys' thoughts? Right, we can finally say they are officially our sibling team. No longer do we have to say like potential sibling team.
0: Yeah, big houses of gratitude to the English FA and and governing bodies for uh, moving swiftly and and using due diligence to ensure that. Uh, Kevin Nagel is the new owner of Huddersfield Town. Cannot wait to see some some matches to chat with, and he takes the chance—I mean, for, for my first time—to chatting with them, and then of course, you know, getting get some merch on, on out here on this side of the uh, Atlantic. I mean, cannot wait. I, yeah, you know, this is going to be exciting. I know it's not a top flight per se, but this is still going to be a great season to look forward to. What are your thoughts, Sharon?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, number one, I want to go across the pond, and I want to take in some matches. So, you know, Kevin, if you're listening to this or anybody associated with it. Oh, and by the way, Carmichael Day, way to go and get in a little uh, role with respect to Huddersfield Town. I think that's fabulous. Um, I know you're not listening to this, but if you do, hey, we appreciate you. We appreciate the influence that you've uh, wielded uh, with respect to moving this whole venture forward. Listen, these people are this is so fabulous, right? These are just people. These are people that are very good at certain things. And we're all good at what we do. They're really good at these sorts of you know, acquisitions and dreaming and venturing and that sort of stuff. And, and more power to them. Anybody sitting in this room, well, we're not in one room, we're in three separate rooms, but anybody who who's on this podcast or anybody listening to this podcast, you too can get involved with these sorts of things. You just got to throw your hat in the arena and make it known that, you know, this is an interest that you have and you never know what will come. You start putting it out to the universe and your prayers could get answered. Your dreams could come true. So, you know, go, go get it. And I, I think Kevin did just that. He had a dream. He didn't say, didn't take no for an answer. Saw a great opportunity. Boom. Next thing you know, And then Jake Edwards, you know, what's not to like about him, uh, you know, coming on and, and being the chief executive over there. I love Neil Warnock, by the way, I think he has done wonders there at the club. Uh, you know, it's, he's got the fans around his finger because he is such a good guy and he's such a good, passionate person. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're going, we're going to go, we're going to go over there. We're going, I know we're going to go over there. It's in the north part. It's in the Yorkshire part of, of England. Um, and so it's a little chillier. The weather's a little cooler up in that part. And uh, maybe we'll get a chance to see Wilson Nishaw and some of the folks that we know who have, you know, spent some time over here. Maybe we'll see him over there.
2: Yeah, that would be amazing to be able to uh, win this a game there too, especially when you have more of a stake, right, with the team, not just like, oh, there's a team that – I vaguely support, like I mentioned, we've probably had some teams like that ourselves, but now that you have a team that is considered our civilian team, yeah, we're going to be supporting them as if it was Sac Republic playing in the championship in England, right? So <laughs> nice to uh, be able to do that. And hopefully we see a match between both teams happen sometime in the year. I don't know when that would happen, maybe in the winter off season, right, when uh there's a break and all that maybe as we're prepping for the upcoming season, if they can somehow manage to find a way to uh, make that happen. But I think eventually it probably will. And it will probably be more like Huddersfield town coming down here. But I mean, it'd be nice if we went over there too, right? Make it easier on them since we know that schedules often conflict between, you know, our schedules over here in the States and then with their schedules. And hopefully there's one day when they all coordinate and, make it all happen but we know the politics of american sports and all that and why that's the case and why they don't crisscross calendars and all that but that's another story there but yeah really happy about the decision that was made here and that they expedited this too right because how often do we hear of maybe other negotiations that take a long time right and we're still waiting there and being like hey, didn't we hear that that was gonna happen like a year ago like <laughs> is everything good or What's going on there too? So uh and also, like you mentioned, Sharon, it's great that they keep their uh boss, right? The manager that they have over there from my conversation um uh, with our sibling podcast. Now we could call him our sibling podcast as well, officially, <laughs> but it seems like this guy is very well loved by all the fans, too. I mean, this guy is you know a long-timer Huddersfield town coach, right? That was brought back after they We're dealing with the issues that they were dealing earlier in the season. So always nice when you have that coach, that person, that means so much to a team, right? It's almost like us seeing Mark Briggs, you know, go elsewhere and then come back years later just to, like, continue to, like, help us out, especially if we're in a rough patch, too.
0: Of course, now this uh, clears a big hurdle for, for Kevin. So now that the ownership is done and official, now that gives him more time to focus, uh, not, not just on, on her, her uh, field, but also uh, with Sacramento as well, because as was uh, hinted at for most of this year is the announcement of the stadium, or at least the, an update on the stadium. So we've got that to look forward to in, in July, but definitely glad that we're able to finalize everything with, with Huddersfield town. And this is going to be an exciting summer. I mean, that, that's, that's what I can say. This is, I mean, every season is great and something to look forward to even more so with the Huddersfield uh, news and also the stadium update. So I'm hoping that there's some good, good news and some good advancement on, on the stadium.
2: Yeah, good point. I'm glad that you mentioned I was just going to mention it right now, too, that we're like, oh, we're just days away from July. That's good news for us, too, because we've been waiting for <laughs> a while for July to hit. So we should know more information, hopefully. Probably not by the next podcast, it's just going to be July 2nd too, unless they mention something at halftime or <laughs> after the game on Saturday. But I feel like maybe in about two to three weeks, right, we should probably have something out there. And uh should be stadium news is what we're all expecting, but we'll see. Um, one more thing that I had actually, um, I mentioned it earlier, Walt, shout out to him for leaving us a voicemail. Wanted to play what he mentioned to us too, because again, it shows how impactful it is to have Roro on the pitch versus again, when he's not on the pitch, but again, keep in mind, this was before last Saturday's match, but wanted to share it with everyone because again, Walt did an amazing job compiling all the data and showing just how impactful it is to have Roro on the pitch, not just because we know he's awesome to have on the pitch too, but also uh, with the numbers backing that up as well. So let's hear real quick what he had to say, and then uh, we'll be back.
3: My name is Walt and I wanted to, Give you some statistics I found interesting. We've played 15 games, the first seven with Roro, and the last eight without Roro. In the games that Roro has played in, we have five wins, zero losses, and two draws. In the eight games without Roro, we have three wins, two losses, and three draws. The goals that we've scored are identical In the seven that he's played, we've scored 13 goals. In the eight games that he hasn't played, we've scored 13 goals. The difference is, it stands out to me, is in the games where Roro has played, we've only given up one goal. In the eight games that he has not played, we've given up eight goals. So the goal differential, which I understand is also, can be a tiebreaker, the goal differential when Roro's playing is plus 12 and when he's not playing it's plus five. It's not something to think about. All right. Thank you.
2: Well, once again, then thank you again to Walt for uh, doing the stats there for us. And that was yeah, cool. yeah, we need to have a uh, Roro back, of course. And again, if someone in the team could maybe give us a update or just mention something again, if it's that he's going to be out for the entire season, then just mention, I mean, we're already here all thinking like that's probably what's happening. That's probably why we're not hearing anything. But just let us know because he means a lot to us. It's, it could potentially be his last season. So I think the fans deserve to know what is going on there and really to know more of like when he'll come back. And right. I, I think he'll come back, though. I have I have faith based oh, on yeah. like, and what you mentioned, Sharon. He's been getting pretty active. And, you know, we're still a few months away from regular season ending, right?
1: Yeah. The the dude is, you know, he's I swear to goodness, he's like the uh term not terminator, you know, the he keeps oh, yeah, like kinda. he yeah, he keeps coming. He just he doesn't quit. I mean, he's use any acronym you want right now or use any, you know, uh analogy, but the, the dude heals very fast for the stuff that he's gone through. He's a very fast healer, so he's got good genetics that way. Um but at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to take away from, you know, the, the roles that Nick Ross has been playing and that Luis Felipe and Arnold Lopez, you know, they've really stepped it up. And Kecko when he ever, whenever he comes on the field, the game changes significantly because he has a way of, he keeps the ball. Yeah, granted, sometimes he holds it a little too long and then, you know, gets his feet taken out from under him by Mitch Tainter. But Mitch doesn't always play against us, right? So, um, but I mean... We still have a good squad. We do have a good healthy squad and it'll be, well, we got to put our faith in who we have until Roro um, can get healthy enough to play even five minutes. You know, that's a hard sport, especially if you did what he did, that's going to be a hard one to come back from. So anyhow, at the end of the day, this has been a wonderful podcast. Uh, My final parting words are really appreciate the two of you as well. You know that I love you. Um, and I consider you both family, and you know, I can't wait to see everyone in person. And you know, selfishly, I can't wait for the conscious, yeah. and possibly you know, when Jared <laughs> comes out in August, you know, finding some time, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, probably more like Sunday, uh, you know, getting out, you know, going and doing the candy store. I don't <laughs> know, we'll figure something out because I know a lot of your time will probably be with Scott, you know, so whatever, we'll figure something out.
0: Well, as far as uh, with Scott, that's probably that's.
1: Probably going to likely be after the match, you know, yeah, it, Exactly. It,
0: our, our usual r- routine. So Sunday, I might be a little slow to wake up, but um, but, but we, we, we've got time to, to schedule things out here. Yeah. And and with, with the time of recording, you know, for any of us that are, that are listening above above the uh, 42nd or 49th parallel, I'm not sure, uh, <laughs> on Saturday, Happy Canada Day. That's also going to be our, our next match day, I believe. And then also next next tuesday the fourth of july so have a safe and happy holiday everyone in, in u.s and canada this weekend and let's get these three points let's beat rgv and let's keep moving
1: forward go republic
2: yeah go and republic yeah. and
1: go all of our central valley teams whether you know it's my favorite is the storm when we're talking about the women's side but whatever
2: anyhow yeah um well now that we're mentioning dates too by the way yesterday uh marked the year since we had that game against monterey where we all met up and oh, went over there too i just got the reminder you, on on facebook where so. you
1: took my phone from me i'll never forget you <laughs> taking my phone because <laughs> you had cricket
2: which it's gotten a lot better i gotta say i think it was my old phone that was the main fault it was having an iphone 7 doing the upgrade to 11 okay. it's had improvements from. What oh. I hear now. Um, uh, I could do a live show at least, and you could still kind of tell uh who's in the take. And unlike <laughs> the other one where it would just freeze. If you remember, it would freeze oh. often and you'd be telling me it's uh-huh. freezing, and it'd be like, It's looking fine on my end. <laughs> uh well, my last final, final parting words too is um stay hydrated on Saturday. It's gonna be a hot one. I know not as hot as, as Phoenix too, but again. It's been a while since we've experienced 105 degree weather at a match, and I'm thankful that we have the 8 p.m. start time there. So uh, please uh, do that as well. And other than that, go Republic, go all of our favorite teams here in the league. And on Saturday, Stockton Cargo against Cal Storm. if you're able to make it out there, uh, make it out there again. I'm not quite sure if I'll be going yet or not, but... uh, I'll let you all know if I do. I might actually do a little short live if I do end up going there. But other than that, we have a lot of exciting games going on. So lots to look forward this weekend. And uh, may the best teams win, I should say. Because, again, it's going to be a tough uh, afternoon on Saturday. (laughs) But uh, everyone, watch the game if you're not going to be going. It it should be streaming on uh, 11 Sports, I believe, which uh, hopefully it's working this time. And there shouldn't be a weather delay unless the heat is now the the delay or the reason for not broadcasting. They think that the, the antenna is going to get fried or something. But at that point, I think they're just making excuses, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, again, once again, thank you so much, everyone for listening to our episode tonight. We'll see you next Sunday here on Stair Republic podcast.
1: Hear the music. And maybe we can have some kind of British, you know, some kind of, you know, Whatever that song is, you know, the God Save the Queen thing. No, something fun. We'll have to have a different music closing, you know, when we start splitting the time with Buttersfield Town AFC. (laughs)
0: Can't go wrong with some good old UK garage or drum and bass. Oh, there you go. We could do
1: that, too. Yeah, or just any UK band, you know, or England. Not so much UK, but, you know, England in particular. We'll have to find out the favorite songs of our uh, podcast sibling over there.
2: I'm it can't sure be. Have it, it can't be copyright infringement though, so we'd need to either find like one of those our, our free site that gives us our our music when we credit them. Uh, they would have to we have to kind of look through there, and there should be something. They have all kinds of different ones. Or Jared, if you want to hum it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could. <laughs>
0: Either that or depending how how old the song is, we can bring up some of those old uh, polyphonic ringtones from the 2000s.
1: Polyphonic ringtones? Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, those, yeah. yeah. Wait, those sound similar to uh, Connor. <gasps> to his uh, soundbite.
1: Can we just say Connor like five times so that we can keep having his soundbite just replay over and over and over?
2: Connor that'd be funny yeah although we'd probably annoy people right I mean the people get annoyed uh, would he get annoyed
1: that would be, we gotta annoy him. do well, no, he's so unflappable I'll tell you what
2: he's gonna stop listening though if we annoy him so Yo, yeah. you're good you're good Connor
0: no no. Uh, he, he still has to receive my uh, my uh, cactus candy this August so he's he's still gotta listen
2: <laughs> oh okay there's still something there okay uh, well he'll forever listen then there you go <laughs>
1: You're doing chicken noises.